Welcome to the Go Podcast. Go aspires to engage the local church in global missions. We seek to share mission stories that encourage, edify, and equip other Christians in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ at home and abroad. This podcast is a part of Liberty Bible Church Global Ministry. Your hosts for Go are Cami Santner, a missions partner with Liberty, and joining her is Kevin Cram, pastor of global engagement at Liberty Bible Church. Welcome back to the Go Podcast. I am Kevin, and with me as always is Cami. And today we're starting a brand new series that focuses on the stories coming out of the recent Afghan refugee resettlement process, a process that dominated the news at the end of 2021. Last summer, after two decades of military involvement, the United States withdrew its remaining forces from the country of Afghanistan. And then the sudden and rapid collapse of the Western-supported government shocked the world and unleashed a tragic humanitarian crisis. Thousands of Afghan civilians and military personnel fled the country, fearing reprisals from the resurgent Taliban. And the resulting assistance to these individuals and families led to the largest mass evacuation in history. Over the course of 16 days, the U.S. forces alone ferried out an estimated 116,000 people, and that's a little less than the population of Lafayette, Indiana. And in response, the U.S. government, in partnership with nonprofit organizations and local communities, undertook an effort to resettle these at-risk Afghan families into communities across the United States. So for the next several episodes, we'll be taking a much deeper look into the aftermath of this crisis and the ways that the church in our region responded. So, Cami, who will we be talking with today? Today, we have the honor of talking to Tony Burrell. Tony is the founder and executive director of the Welcome Network, a Christian nonprofit organization here in Northwest Indiana that ministers to immigrants, refugees, and asylum seekers. The Welcome Network was involved in the recent effort to resettle Afghan refugees here in the States. Thank you so much for joining us today, Tony. How are you? I'm good. It's great to be with you guys. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about the Welcome Network, how it started, and what exactly you do? Yeah. Uh, first, I'll just mention, Kevin mentioned Lafayette, Indiana. I, I would have preferred he mentioned Bloomington, Indiana, but that's, <laughs> that's okay. Um, but, you know, I, I, was, uh, I was, God had led me to work with another mission organization for 13 years after I became a Christian down in Bloomington, Indiana, as a college student. And during that time, I was in Eastern Europe for a number of years, um, working with Albanian uh, background people and in the country of Kosovo, and which had experienced a refugee crisis uh, in, the, in the late 90s. And, and so I had some experience with refugees. Uh, life brought me back to this area where I grew up, northwest Indiana. And, um, you know, if you've been overseas for a period of time, you, you, it kind of stays with you. So I was actually trusting God for a way to help continue help fulfilling the Great Commission here in Northwest Indiana, and I wasn't sure how to do that. And long story short, the Welcome Network got started out of that desire to continue being part of um, helping to fulfill the Great Commission. Yeah, so let's focus in on uh, the Afghan resettlement process. What exactly has been the role of the Welcome Network in all of that? Like, what services do you provide, and then... Recount a little bit about the experience of when this crisis erupted and how did you guys end up responding? Sure. So, so to, to do that properly, I think I'll, I'll start just by sharing our mission. Uh, the mission of our organization, of the Welcome Network, is to come alongside vulnerable newcomers to our country with 
dignity upholding services, and then training churches to come alongside immigrants with with belonging. And so the five key services that we provide are uh, immigrant legal services, refugee resettlement, uh, asylum seeking uh fostering through through our ministry called the welcome home um, and then we um, we engage with churches to do to train them and and help them to do a better job of welcoming the stranger and as part of that uh, we have short-term hosting through local families in this area so all of those things actually came together with uh, Afghanistan and with with Afghan people coming in transport yourself back to that moment like in what you know, August of 2021. Right. And, you know, the news was hitting and like, we were seeing all this information flooding our, you know, news feeds and everything like that. And then it became really clear very early on that this was going to change a lot of what we are doing in this type of ministry. And so how, you know, recount a little bit about how that experience was for you guys. Yeah. You know, a lot of what we do uh, really, um, ebbs and flows based on how our country is responding at the moment to immigrants and refugees. And, and so uh, even though in 2016, Liberty Bible Church and, and other churches in the area had helped resettle uh, some, some refugee families from the Middle East, shortly after that, our country went through a period of three, four, five years where the refugee system was pretty much shut down. And so our, our organization had pivoted to working more with asylum-seeking families. Churches in Munster and Lansing bought a home where we, we, we help asylum-seeking families who are in a different kind of a process. And we weren't really prepared for the idea that um, refugee resettlement was going to ramp up again. I mean, you know, the, the country had begun to uh, talk about it, but it really, it really hadn't come to anything until the Afghan crisis. And so what uh, what happened was uh, we are under the umbrella of a larger nationwide organization uh, and we help with refugee resettlement. When the Afghan uh, crisis happened, they reached out and they said, you guys should be ready. And what we thought was, well, maybe that would mean we'd, we'd see five or 10 people coming our way uh, and, and the churches could be involved with that. And some, you know, but what that turned into over the course of several months was uh We've we in partnership with the local churches have received forty nine uh, Afghan people uh, into Northwest Indiana, and so we said yes. You know we'll we'll be part of this. Uh, we but what it it forced us to to really uh, do a number of things. One, we had to change the roles of some of our staff members. We, we're a small team. We have eight people on our staff, and so two of them their roles significantly changed. You know within a couple weeks time to what they were doing to now, well, you're welcoming Afghans now. And uh, we reached out to churches. Uh, we, uh, we found host families. Um, and then we started trying to line up employers, housing, all those kinds of thing, things. And my favorite part, you know, had to start asking for money from, from local people and uh, in order to really uh, be able to serve these, these newcomer families because we knew coming in, that what the government was going to help with was not going to be enough for them. Right. And I think there was, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the, the region of Chicagoland, 
um, ended up resettling in the thousands. You know, I've heard 5,000, 8,000. I'm not sure what it ended up being. But it was a significant flood of new arrivals that were coming in a very short period of time. It must have been a pretty crazy experience during that season. Yeah, you know, we, we had our 49, but, you know, other organizations, uh, you know, that have been around longer. Um, Exodus down in Indianapolis, I think, took a couple hundred. And uh, I, I don't know the numbers for Chicago, but I, I know it's it's about 60,000 people that have been resettled in a, a short, short period of time. That would that would be your usually your annual um, number of resettled refugees for the whole country in in, right. in times before 2015, but they would have 12 months to space that out. That wasn't the case with, right. with this. Yeah, it was a crazy time. Yeah. Right. So for the Afghan families and individuals the Welcome Network has been connecting with, where do you find in the resettlement process their biggest challenges? Yeah, that's a good question. I My first the first thing I wanted to say was everything. They, I mean, they're, they're, right. they are survivors. I mean, people who can, who make it to our country as refugees or asylum seekers, uh, why we say coming alongside and not serving is because th- these folks are survivors. Uh, so they do know how to survive and take care of themselves, but, but still coming into a place where everything is new and, and everything is foreign. Um, I would say um, housing was a huge issue. Uh, transportation, jobs, and and then even the mentality for a lot of these folks that hurry up and wait. I mean, you know, it's like, well, we got to get you to the next thing. And then you're waiting again for weeks or months for your next step after that. And I think that can take a emotional toll on people. Yeah, I can, I can't even imagine. Um, But you mentioned a little bit of the, briefly, a little bit of the local church's role. And I know that's something that's been really um, key to your vision as this organization is engaging in the local church. I think that's what's unique about the Welcome Network as opposed to something like Exodus down in Indianapolis or Mm -hmm. other places, you know, not that they don't engage volunteers and engage the community. But I know for you guys, it's been like, we want this to be um, a central part of the ministry of the local church. So tell us a little bit about what the church's role in all of this has been. Um, Why has it been important for the church to be involved? Yeah. I think there's, there's three or four key components to our, to church involvement and how, how important it has been for what we've done. First, I mentioned we're a small team. And, and so we are not designed, the Welcome Network's not designed to be um, a typical refugee resettlement organization or a typical immigrant-serving organization. We are designed to, to come alongside the church and, and to help the church do these things. And, and one big thing was uh, we've started calling it fostering, although back six months ago when we, when we were bringing Afghans in more, we were calling it hosting. So we knew that the, the Afghan population that was coming our way, they didn't really have a choice that they were coming to Indiana. Right. And we didn't know if they'd want to stay in Indiana or not. So for most of them, what we ended up doing was providing short-term hosting situations through local families here in, in the area, all connected to churches, who would host them for two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, until... Uh, until these newcomers were able to make a decision, are they going to stay in Indiana or are they going to move out? And the hosting situation was maybe the most beautiful part. It, it, it came with things that six months later, we, in hindsight, we can say, well, maybe we'll do this a little different or whatever. Yeah. Experimenting, learning. 
But in general, that hosting experience, even uh, families from Liberty uh, have been involved with that. And it's, it's been a beautiful thing. That was one. I think number two, the church folks just befriended and, and advocated for these newcomer families. And so in, in many cases, um, you know, it was, it was host families or church folks getting on the phone with um, secondhand shops, with employers, potential employers, and saying, hey, how, how are we going to get this done? Like, we have these newcomer, we, right. these Afghan folks who need jobs, they need clothes, they need this or that. And even in one case, um, we as an organization were, in one family's case, this wasn't a Liberty-connected family, but um, it wasn't going so well for the, new, for the two Afghan uh, guys that were with this uh, certain host home. And, and part of that was actually like some oversight on our part that we weren't meeting a few needs that they needed us to be meeting. And the host family kind of came to us and said, you got to do your job a little better. Right. And I, I, I love that. I love, uh, you know, the Proverbs like with, um, um, shoot, with many counselors, things will succeed. Right. And I like that we're not needing to do that alone. And, and I guess the final piece would be, obviously there were a lot of tangible needs that these families had. And, and the funding that we received, specifically through Liberty, but also through other churches, uh, allowed us to, to do a much better job of, of, reaching, uh, of meeting these families' needs. And, and I know along the way, too, obviously, um, we can't not touch on the spiritual component. I know that host families and others were engaging in gospel dialogue with, with, with newcomer folks, and that's a beautiful thing as yeah, well. Yeah, Definitely. Tony, we unfortunately live in the world of the 24-hour news cycle. And so this event that kind of dominated our attention just a couple months ago is now fading into the background. But the story is not over for these individuals. They're still undergoing this process. So how have these last couple months just unfolded and what? where are they now? What's happening? Yeah. So, uh, so about half of the 49, about 22, 23 people have chosen to stay in Northwest Indiana. Uh, they're making Northwest Indiana their home in Valparaiso, Merrillville, Hammond. Most of them have found some kind of employment at this point. They're studying for their driver's licenses and um, kids are getting in school, enrolled in school. They're experiencing the good and the bad of, of American culture we are we are learning and experiencing as we go. So one of our um, one of our families, their middle, middle schoolers, started school um, in in Maryville Middle School at the middle school in Maryville. And the second day that she was there, there was a big bomb threat, and so she experienced. Oh, no. I mean, oh, this this not good part of of um, I guess of our society. But um, but then we get a chance to walk the family through that and. Uh, and be there with them as they're, you know, wondering what that's all about. Well, I can't and, imagine you were in a war-torn country and no. then to come into to a place that's that. supposed to be safe and you're going through a bomb threat. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, you know, and, and, and every day is an, an adventure with the Welcome Network, but uh, but that's 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 where God has us. We listen to the crazy ideas and, and try to help newcomer families. Uh, but But you're right. You know, Ukraine is now already kind of taking the hearts of, I mean, every, every year it's, or every moment it's something different. And, um, and so now it's, it's, well, how do we keep helping the, the Afghan families and individuals who stayed here while we also 
think about helping others who are coming in. Yeah, that's, I'm sure that's a really incredible challenge for you guys. And so kind of along those lines, moving forward, how do you see people in our community continuing to be involved, not just with Afghan families, but for anyone that's displaced or immigrant? Um, how do you see um, the community being able to be, be involved in general? Sure. I'll focus on the, on, the, on the kingdom community because I think that's what we're focusing on. You know, first we can be praying we can, I mean, pe- people are coming at, right now, you know, the, the world's uh, displacement crisis is worse than it's maybe right. ever been 70 million people or more displaced in the world right now. Obviously um, we as humanity are making mistakes that are leading to more and more of that. So our fallen nature is, is, is part of that. And so a lot of praying for newcomers, praying for refugees is actually praying um for him to return, for for him to set things right, uh, mm. for the Lord to to be in all of this, and um, and in the meantime, I think we are on that part of um, church history where we are called to be, in some sense, ushering in the hidden kingdom. Right. So so prayer is part of that. We are we are still always looking for host families. Um, it might not be Afghan families, it might be Ukrainian families, it might be Congolese families, it could be Haitian families or others, but we're, we're always looking for host families, um, people to give their time just to drive people around when they arrive here to, to help learn, teach them English, uh, and also giving. Uh, we are, you know, we do operate similar to a mission organization where most of our staff are support-based. Um, most of the funding we we receive to do what we do is is um, is given individually through through churches and and private individuals, um, and so that you know, and not just giving money, but um, one of the beautiful things was people furnished apartments and right. and churches furnished apartments. They one one generous individual gave her minivan, uh, a Liberty woman, and um, and actually. We've been waiting to disperse that to somebody because, like I said, no one's gotten their driver's licenses right, yet. Right. Um, so that's a prayer request. <laughs> it is, yes. Uh, you know, all of those things. But um, but we are about to uh, actually get that minivan into somebody, into a family's hands as that's well. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So like you've intimated, our church, Liberty Bible Church, has been partnering with the Welcome Network for a number of years, and it's been an honor, really, to come alongside you Um uh, for the, that time and then recently helping these families. Now, where might someone go to learn more about the network and how to get involved, like a website or, or a Facebook address kind of thing? I can't just tell them, talk to Kevin at Liberty. <laughs> but you can do that. But, uh, He's open for it. <laughs> no, uh, thewelcomenet.org, www.thewelcomenet.org is, is our, our website. Um, then uh I, on Facebook, I think it's like slash the welcome net, or if you just type the welcome network into Facebook, you can find our page there, which we have a key volunteer who started doing a much better job lately of, of getting the word out about what we're doing there as well. I think we're on a few other places, but those would be the two places Primary. I would, I would send a person to. And then if you do go on our website, uh, you can click somewhere to, uh, to kind of keep up with us and we would get you on a monthly email that we send out yeah, as well. That would be great. I highly encourage that. Alrighty, Tony, thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us today. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Alrighty, so before we wrap up our episode, we want to end with a note of personal reflection. We're going to try and end every week 
this way with the question. So Kevin, how are you going to lean into prayer as a result of our conversation here today? You know, I think the uh, thing that stuck with me among many things, uh, we talk about that idea of how these crises come and go into our attention span and then they slip away. And, you know, some of that is just unavoidable. Like that's the culture in the world that we live in mm-hmm. where we're bombarded with information and it's so hard to like process it all. And then the next thing happens and our gaze is, is focused on something else. Um, but I know that, you know, in my limited and brief interactions with many of these families that have come to our region from Afghanistan, um, they are incredible people. And, um, Hopefully we're going to have one of these individuals on an episode, hopefully next week. And uh, and it's just been impressing me more and more that that um, to keep on the ball in continuing to come alongside many of these families um, because they they don't their needs don't change with the new cycle and they continue to need our support and our prayers. And so that's just kind of where I'm leaning in right now. Absolutely. I think it's important to remember the influx of of people, especially with what's going on right now in Ukraine and everything. So for me personally, I worked with Nicaraguan immigrants when I was in Costa Rica and all they really need is, is love and to be there with them, walking through the daily life with them. But it's also important to donate and give what you can, even if it just is that time. for tuning in and listening. We aspire to give you real-life stories and experiences to help you in your current phase of life. Next, we will be talking with one of the individuals from Afghanistan that the Welcome Network helped resettle here in Northwest Indiana. And he'll share his story of leaving Afghanistan and reestablishing his family's life here in the U.S. You won't want to miss it. And remember to go and make your life a mission.